Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us and welcome to Sage Heads Abroad, Pomona students' stories from around the world. I'm Lindsay once again, and today we'll be hearing from our featured guest, Jacob No. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Lindsay. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's good. Have to. I have some more papers to turn in, but um, for those of you guys who are listening, Jacob and our Jacob and I finished our thesis or our theses um, last Friday or a week ago from today. Um, so personally, I feel like a giant weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I don't know how Jacob feels. No, that's definitely true. And finally, I have the time to uh, talk about my study abroad experience with Lindsay and the uh, study abroad office. So I'm really excited to do this. Yay. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell us about your major and your study abroad program and the semester you went abroad. Yeah, so my major is history with the concentration in East Asia. And I went to South Korea in the fall of 2019 to study abroad at the CIE program at Yonsei University, that is. Okay. okay. <laughs> so pre-pandemic, right before the pandemic semester. Okay, that's great. So you got the full experience then. No yeah, pandemic, definitely. no pandemic no in sight. <laughs> no, not even thought about. I know at the end, that's when uh, we start like hearing things about China and we're kind of like, oh, you know, that's pretty close. I didn't think it was going to be what it was, you know, um, mm -hmm. but definitely after the program is when all that happened. So I got the full Korean study abroad experience. Nice. So I know that you just said that you are majoring in history with a concentration in East Asia, but I was just wondering why slash how you ended up choosing your program in South Korea specifically? Yeah, so originally when I first enrolled into Pomona, I knew I wanted to study abroad somewhere. And originally I wanted to go to um, the United Kingdom, England. I wanted to go over there in Europe. But after you know getting into Korean history and Japanese history, East Asian history in general, I thought more broadly of where I wanted to go. And after talking with some professors and, you know, telling them what I wanted to do after graduation, which right now seems to be um, graduate school for history, um, they encouraged me to actually live in the country which I want to study. And I want to do Korean history. So for me, I was like, maybe I should go study abroad in Korea rather than um, spend my time in Europe. And I had some like, I don't know, I, I didn't know which way to go. But my professors really encouraged me to go to the country, which really interested me. And I had a lot, I have a lot of family there, actually. Um, a lot of my cousins, I think I have like 20 cousins and they're all in <laughs> Korea. So I, I felt like I needed to go to see them and I haven't seen family in such a long time. Um, so I decided I wanted to go to Yonsei University, study abroad there. And I'm really glad that I did. Nice. Is Yonsei University one of the programs by petition? So beforehand, I, be, I believe there's no study abroad, approved study abroad programs for South Korea when I went, but they changed that the semester I got back, I believe. I am not too sure. Interesting. I, I think it is approved now, the same program that I went to, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't give you like a full answer, but when I applied, it was a non-approved program and I had to petition for it. Um, but that might have changed after I gotten back. So I don't know. Um, can you explain the program by petition process really quickly, um, specifically since you knew you wanted to go to Korea and like how mm. you went from, I want to go to Korea to then being like, I want to go to this program specifically. Yeah, so I, 
can't remember too much. I knew it was a lot of essays. That's for sure. It's like, write this essay, why you want to go. And then you have to do like making sure that you didn't need this, uh, like you didn't need the grades or something to wait for your GPA um, to get to graduate, something like that. Like there's a lot of um, going back and forth with the study abroad program to make sure it happened. But luckily I had a lot of um, seniors above me who have been there before and who have gone through the process. And they kind of just encouraged me um, to um, find different ways to go about it. And they kind of gave me advice on how to approach the situation. Overall, I felt like other people have gone before, so it wouldn't be too hard to get it approved by the study abroad office. I just remember there were a lot of essays, which uh, I was just like, wow, <laughs> why do I have to do these when other people aren't? But it's okay. Like it wasn't too bad because you have to write an essay to apply to the program. So you basically take that essay and just like copy and paste, make some edits, stuff like that. So it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for underclassmen who are interested in going through that process, whether that's for Korea or like through any program by petition? Yeah, I would encourage them to start early because, you know, the earlier you start, the better. And um, I actually got a few scholarships to go. So if you start the process early, you know you're going to go, then you can apply to like different scholarships. And then, um, I don't know, if you get them, then you can use that money while abroad, which is really nice. So. That is really exciting. Awesome. We love, we love money. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but so, okay. So once you were in Korea and you were in your program, um, I was just wondering how were your expectations challenged once you were there or if there are any things that really defied your initial expectations for what the experience was, the experience was going to be? Yeah, so I had both, I had really high expectations before going because I've been to Korea before. Uh, I've never lived by myself, obviously. I've never studied there, but I've been there to visit family before. Um, And I actually went a year before, no, two years before my study abroad experience. So when I was 18, I was kind of an an adult at the time. Um, So I kind of knew what to expect. And I remember my Korean becoming really good when I was there because I was speaking Korean all the time, you know? I was there only for three weeks um, in 2018, but I was still able to, um, like improve a lot. Um, and I expect the same thing when I was going abroad, I was like, of course, if I study and I speak like the language all the time, my Korean's got to get so much better. And that's why I wanted to go. Um, unfortunately, I, <laughs> I, well, I don't want to say, unfortunately, I, there's like good and bads to it, but I decided to live on campus and we are housed with the international students. So a lot of my friends are actually English speakers. And while I was there, I spoke a lot of English, way more than I had anticipated. So my Korean didn't improve as much speaking wise as I wanted it to. Um, I think I could have just said, I'm gonna speak Korean only, but then it's very hard to make friends because in that program, there are people who don't speak the language at all. It's not a requirement uh, to speak Korean. So there's English speakers who cannot communicate in Korean. So um, you just kind of get into a routine of just speaking English to them and then your language skills don't improve as much. So I think that was kind of a, um, I don't know, kind of like a downside to it by living in the international dorms. I just didn't get to improve as much as I wanted to, but I don't regret it because I made a lot of good friends there, you know, and I was really close to the campus. So I don't regret that at all, but I do remember that being kind of a disappointment after my program, but um, the other expectation 
expectation was that I was going to be, you know, very comfortable in Korea because I've been there before. I family there and I'm Korean. So that was going to be very natural, but it really isn't because <laughs> I don't know, as a Korean American, you kind of stand out too. You, like Korea is very homogeneous, I would say, uh, from like the hairstyles, like all the people almost have the same hairstyles. It's really, and the clothing too. And when you're a Korean American, you kind of stick out. Um, and also just like trying to speak your Korean when you're not comfortable can kind of get to you. Um, it's like easy things that you know you could do. Uh, but being in that situation, it's like kind of a pressure. And I remember feeling that for like the first month at least. And after a while, you get used to it. It becomes no problem. But I know when I first got there, it was kind of hard to adjust. Um, and especially if you're on a campus with other international students and you're an international student, you can get, kind of get like, I don't know, um, you kind of, yes, definitely stand out. So um, that's not a bad thing though. I don't think that's a bad thing, like, <laughs> you know? So those are the two ways that my expectations didn't meet, but overall I had a great time there. So no regrets and definitely had fun. Yeah, so I have this question because what you just said about standing out as a Asian American specifically or Korean American in your case um, really spoke to me because I had a very similar experience in Japan actually. And I was yeah. wondering, did when you were in Korea and you're trying to be Korean, did you ever get questions or like comments from um, native Koreans being like, yeah, but you're actually just an American? You know, everyone that I met there is very nice. They were like so, so nice. I don't remember anyone saying that, but I do know there are some like cultural differences that I didn't understand with my family when I visited family that is, um, and they're like, you know, just talking about their everyday life at school. They go to Korean high schools, which is very different than in America. So that's when my family would be like, ah, oh, you know, you're from America. You don't really quite understand too much, which is very true. So I don't take offense to it. It's very true. And I kind of just took every moment as like a learning opportunity, just saying, oh, this is so different from what I know. Let's try to understand it better. So um, never did I feel really, really off by that aspect. I think it has both good and bad. Um, and I kind of just owned up to it. And a lot of the Korean friends that I made, um, they never try to bring that out either and kind of just help me along the way. They're just so, so nice. That's the one thing I would definitely say is everyone I met there was just so nice. Um, which I really like. Do you think that you understood yourself better as both a Korean and as an, as an American after you went abroad? Yeah, you know, that's a tough question. It has yeah, like I know. A lot, <laughs> a lot to a lot of layers, but I definitely, I'd say so. I was just more conscious about just like the things that, you know, because in Korea, it, I don't want to say they all look like me, but I felt more safe than I've ever felt, which is like an underrated component. Um, like growing up in Georgia, the suburbs of Georgia, a lot of my friends were either white or black. And then of course I had Asian friends as well, but I've never been surrounded by Korean people as much as I was. And I just felt very comfortable, very safe, which <laughs> is not a feeling that, you know, I had in the States as much. So um, that it might be different for people who grew up in like Asian enclaves, but for me, I know I just felt so much, so much safer there. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that aspect. And I kind of learned that like, you know, I am, I am Korean. So I should, you know, know that when I go back to the States as well, 
um, it's just kind of eye-opening it's like kind yeah. of cliche but no it's, it's true it's definitely a shift in perspective I would say um yeah. at least for me it was because I think that when or I know that when you're a minority in America you're always identified by that minority so yeah. like you in Georgia will always be that Korean kid um yeah, yeah. me like wherever I am will also always be like an Asian person mm-hmm. but when you're in your home or like your heritage country you're then identified as an American yeah which is definitely something like I had never experienced before I don't know if you have oh I see I see what you're saying yeah no that is definitely true and I actually gave up my Korean citizenship a few years before going to Korea um and you know that's there's a lot of like reasons for that but I gave it up so technically I am just like an American in like official um government documents um and then people would always ask me like are you do you still have your Korean heritage like it's a big deal because if you have it you have to go to the military in Korea yeah so they do ask me that and they were like oh do you still like are you considered American Korean American are you going to come to the military blah blah blah. and always I'm like oh no (laughs) I gave that up a few years ago so um yeah definitely being identified as American was strange but not unexpected and not mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So I have another question that actually goes back to what you were talking about before with international students. Um, for mm-hmm. students who are wanting to go to Korea to have or to acquire or to improve their language skills, to go for language mm-hmm. acquisition purposes, um, would you suggest that they do what you did and like live near the campus? Is there another like housing option that would be more um, suited mm-hmm. to language acquisition? Like, do you have any insight on that? Oh. Uh, I think homestay is probably the best option. It's like just living with a Korean family to improve your Korean skills. But the homestay component can be pretty far from campus. And I think that's why I ended up not doing it. Um, But I think that's the best way. I didn't have too many friends who were doing homestay. So I can't really speak on their experiences, but I think that's the best option to go if you do want to uh, go for language acquisition is take a homestay, and then try to use the language as much as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. And try to make a lot of Korean friends. You know, I had a lot of international friends, so that is the reason why I spoke a lot of English, but try to make as many Korean friends as possible. Um, but I will say, though, that a lot of Koreans also want to practice their English. So, you know, it's like a give and take as well. Maybe you can speak in Korean, they can speak English, and you can have like this kind of buddy program, which is okay too. And I think yeah. very effective. I feel like there's a lot of people in East Asian countries who want to participate in that as well. Like that was definitely a Japanese uh, student culture that existed that you could really partake in like our um, fellow peer mentor or my fellow peer mentor and our um, acquaintance, Michaela, um, who Mm -hmm. went on my program in Japan, really improved her Japanese skills because she became very close friends with her host family and also um, with the people that she met through the university that were local Japanese people. And like, mm-hmm. that was her goal in mind. And she really did succeed in that. So it is yeah. totally possible. And I'm sure yeah. like a very similar thing happens in Korea as well. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I think um, just mine was kind of particular. I should have went more out of my way. That's kind of a regret that I have. The one regret probably is like, I didn't expand as much as I wanted to outside of my, uh, just like the school and friend group. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, so another question that I have is like, what adjustments or things did you have to get used to in Korea that, yeah. And how did you address these changes 
And like, if mm-hmm. there was anyone or anything that really helped with that process. Um, I'd say adjusting wise, definitely. I think two things. First thing is just speaking Korean. You have to adjust to that. It's not very normal if you're, if you're not like from a very Korean centered place. So just speaking on a daily basis, you do have to get comfortable and kind of confident when you speak. Um, and that took me about a month. Honestly, it took me a while and the program is only like three and a half months. So for maybe like a third of that, I was trying to adjust my speaking skills and being comfortable speaking the language when um, just like being around people, because it is kind of intimidating when everyone is fluent in Korean and yours is, you know, it's, it's good, but it's not as good as theirs. So you kind of always think about how I'll sound afterward. Um, so that was one thing that I had to adjust and to fix that problem. I try to just go out of my way to speak it. And what really helps is going to like street markets. Uh, there are a lot of street markets in Korea, just like go speak with the, um, just the ladies who work there and kind of talk about the food, talk about the clothing, the merchandise, all this and that. And just try to speak as much as possible comfortably and it'll help, you know, just like go out of your way to do that. Be bold is one of my professors always say, be bold. <laughs> so be bold when you're out there. Um, second thing is, the classes, Pomona classes are way different than Yonsei classes. And I never took a class where like two tests, a midterm and a final was basically your whole grade. So I was very nervous about that. You know, I was just like, oh, can I do well? Like, I don't know if I can do this. But in reality, the thing is, I think depending on your class, it's not too much pressure. Like there are, the professors will help. They're not as available as Pomona professors, but if you ask them, maybe they'll help. And honestly, the grading, I don't think is too hard. Um, so just like, don't stress out too much about that. It is like an adjustment, but um, just know that you'll be fine. I think like, you'll be fine. Don't blow it off, but you'll be fine as long as you put in the effort, I think. So um, those are two adjustments that I had to make, um, but all doable, all possible within like the first few weeks or even month. Nice. On the note of school, and a broad experience can you give me like a slight breakdown of how much time you spent doing homework doing school work mm. versus how much time you like did other things in your broad experience yeah so I think in Yonsei University you can either go to the like the Underwood International School which is, is much harder um, and then you can go do like the study abroad classes which are much easier you know it depends on what you want when you're there I know for me by sophomore year, I was pretty burnt out with schoolwork. I just did so much sophomore year and it was really hard at Pomona. So I was just like, in the fall, I'm going to take some time off, do the easier classes and really enjoy myself within the culture and like just explore Korea a little bit more. Um, so I did that, which means it was a lighter workload, work load, sorry, lighter workload. And honestly, like the Korean intensive class, I did study a bit because we had homework what did we have I can't remember how much homework <laughs> we had but we went every day we went every day that's the only class I went every day I don't think we had too much homework though we had like tests and stuff that you had to prepare for but it wasn't like too much um in the other classes literally it was midterm a week two weeks final a week and then within those gaps there wasn't much work to do so a lot of free time I would say a lot, a lot of free time. 
most free time you would experience in your college career if you're at Pomona. So <laughs> I totally, I can attest to that as well. Yeah. And then, so I know that we're running short on time because we both have to go to a class after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but for students who are participating in your program, do you have any advice that you would offer them that you haven't, that you haven't noted before, or maybe something mm-hmm. you wish you could have told yourself before you went? Yeah, I think the time flies by really quickly. So you're in there, you're enjoying the moment. And I don't think you, you might take it for, um, I don't know, take it for granted. And for me, I wish I had explored outside of Seoul a little bit more, you know, took, taking some time to like travel to different cities, uh, experience the cultures over there, visit like cool sites and other places other than Seoul. And by the end, it was like December and I'd run out of time and I didn't go out as much to other cities as I wanted. So that's kind of the regret I had is you're there for a reason. You're there to, you're there in a different country, you know, and you might be there for academics, but also there's this whole cultural aspect to it. Um, so if you have time, please, please, please go to different cities, explore different things and just see it as like a learning opportunity. You can learn outside the classroom, you know, don't be like, oh, I have a big test coming up. I only have to focus on the test. You know, you can focus on the test while also doing other things that's going to really broaden your uh, perspective on Korea and on life. It's a life experience. Like living by yourself in a foreign country is definitely a life experience. Don't take that for granted. There's a lot to be learned and you can grow so much by just being bold and getting out of your shell and doing other things. So that's one my big advice to people that is going like, please, please, please take time out of your day to explore different things and yeah try to I would learn also as say much as possible. I would also say on that note just like a practical way to do that is when I was abroad front-loading all the things you want to do and doing it immediately mm. is actually mm. a really good idea because I think in your mind you're always like oh I have three months like yeah. I can do all these things later and then those three months pass and you haven't done it so the best exactly. way to do it is like if you really want to see something or you're even vaguely interested in it do it as soon as you can because like every day is precious. Yeah, no, it really is. And you kind of get into a system where, you know, you get into a rhythm, a routine, and you forget that you're actually only there for a limited amount of time. So just like take advantage of every single day and try to experience as much as possible because you never know when you're going to go back. Um, like this whole Corona yeah, situation. Especially now. Right? <laughs> now we don't know. <laughs> but hopefully you'll be able to travel more. Uh, but yeah, just like you never know. So yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much, Jacob, for joining me and sharing your experience. Thank you for having me. And like, I, it's always a joy to talk to you. I wish we could have seen each other in person because I loved seeing you in person when yeah, we were together. Yeah, I know, together. I know. senior year. <laughs> um, and for, um, those of you listeners, stay tuned for more episodes of Sage Hens Abroad. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out to me, um, Lindsay Chu or our, um, any of our other fellow peer mentors or the study abroad office, if you have more questions, um, we would be so happy to help. Thank you. Thank you. Bye everyone.